Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This show is all about art, craft, and creativity, and I produce it weekly in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. Renee Rigdon and Zavette Stewart aren't ashamed of their anger. They're so comfortable with it, in fact, that they made it their inspiration for their online craft zine, The Anti-Craft, where they basically celebrate the darker side of crafting. You won't find any foo-foo patterns or girly girl designs here. What you will find is an assortment of cool craft projects to channel your rage against whatever ticks you off. Cheating boyfriends, catty girlfriends, condescending freaks, disease, death, materialistic society, war, you name it, whatever irritates you. You can rage against it with your craft supplies. Over at the Anti-Craft, you'll find patterns like the Kersher Boyfriend sweater, Flowers on a Grave, which is a pattern for a felted hat, which actually is very cool looking. And their approach to the you know the Anti-Craft, the whole philosophy is not... I mean, they're obviously playing off the whole dark and goth you know, appeal. However, it's there's a, a definite strong sense of humor behind everything they're doing. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek publication. It's really a cool approach that kind of turned the craft world upside down with what they're doing. And uh, let's hear what they have to say about why they started this, why they felt the world needed the anti-craft, and how you can participate in this, what should become a global effort to channel anger into creative and artistic things. So let's listen to what they have to say. To kind of start off, um, I guess, Renee, if you want to go first and just give a little rundown. I'm Renee Rigdon. I tech edit and design for the Anti-Craft. I'm 26, and I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I am a failing writer. A <laughs> failing writer? Why do you say that? Well, I'm not succeeding yet, so I'm failing. Oh. <laughs> I used to be an aspiring writer, but I decided that that wasn't the way to go, so now I aspire to be a failing writer. <laughs> She's really good at it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so, um, and I, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing um, your name correctly. Is it Zabet? Zabet, that's it. Zabet, okay. I usually screw that up, so I'm, <laughs> well, and this, so how old are you? I'm 30, and um, I am, work as a graphic designer, and I do design and copy editing and the web stuff for the anti-craft. And so are you married as well? Oh, yes, I'm also married. Yes, okay. No children, just cats. Okay. Lots and lots of them. Lots. <laughs> I think actually probably hear them in the background at some point. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I can't hear anything now, so I think we're, we're good to go. And uh, if you guys want to tell me a little bit about um, how you guys just came to um, feel that the world needed the anti-craft and decided to deliver it. Well, okay, this is a bet. There were a bunch of us from our local Stitch and Bitch at my house talking about... Um, how glad we were that knitting had gotten a little more hip, but how disheartening it was that it was also still incredibly girly. And um, we were just kind of sick of flowers and ruffles and things like that. And somebody said, you know, we need a goth girl's guide to knitting. And we thought this was hilarious. But um, after everyone went home, I, I, I started thinking. And we had tossed around a couple of cute ideas, so I wrote those down, and I started coming up with more. And the next day I came to Renee, and I said, hey, what do you think about this? And she was like, this is great. We have to do this. So it sort of 
started there. You know, she started coming up with ideas, and I started making uh, illustrations, and it just sort of grew and grew and grew until we had a whole bunch of stuff. And in the first issue, we didn't put out every single pattern we had because it was all knitting, and we kind of thought maybe it might be a book. We weren't really sure what we were going to do with all this stuff, and we ended up going with website because we had more control, and uh, it would be a lot cheaper and easier to put out. And since I was already familiar with web things, I kind of felt like I was, you know, in my medium. Right, right. For a book, I would not be in my medium at all and at the mercy of, you know, the publishing world. So. And when was that, when you guys came up with the idea? Oh, it was probably late spring 2003. That sounds about right. It, it just all runs, it's been such a gothy whirlwind, we just can't quite keep up with it. <laughs> I think it's been about two and a half years Something like that, point. yeah. Yeah. We spent a lot of time in the planning stages. You know how you get really excited to do something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You do all the information gathering and you do all this other stuff, and, and then when it comes to the point where you have to actually start, you kind of balk. Because right, you're like, right. ooh, I could totally screw this up. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally. And then you just have to jump in. We have to do something. Yeah. yeah. We thought Halloween is the perfect time to break something like this, and it's been great. And, so, and I guess I should have asked you this initially, but I, the two of you are just met through Stitch and Bitch, or have you known each other for a while? We started our local Stitch and Bitch, actually. We'd both been looking for people online to hang with and knit, and finally we just said, screw it, and started our own group. See, we just tend to say screw it and start our own group a lot. <laughs> we're, we're not really joiners, but we're kind of control freaks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <ya. laughs> so so do, have you guys been friends for a while? I, I'm trying to get a sense of how you guys know each other. Oh, well, um, we met in, like, October of 2003, I yeah, think. Something like that. So and two and a half years, so about as long as we've been working about, on this. Yeah. So it was just you know just uh, fate that you decided you met and you you gave you know hatched this anti craft plan and now it's um, out there on the web and that's Completely great. Completely serendipitous, yeah. Yeah. We planned it if we tried. It's like an instant connection of bitterness. <laughs> we both have nose rings, so you know, obviously. <laughs> so you see someone across the room with a nose ring and think, geez, she she knows what's up, you know. <laughs> She looked kind of angry, so I knew she was my woman at that yeah. point, you know. Now, and that's, that's something that's interesting, too, um, that let's, let's talk about the anger. You know, I, I think that a lot of times women, you know, who are angry are written off. You know, men can be angry. You know, men can be angry, and that's fine. You know, women, when women are angry, it's like we're shrill and out of control. And um, there's several labels that people have for, for angry women, but it seems like you guys have just kind of, you know, kind of embraced you know, your, your discontent and, and some of the things that really take you off about the world as we know it and have found a way to channel it into something, you know, very proactive. Um, and, but do you describe yourselves as angry people or is this something that you really kind of play up for the benefit of your publication? Well, we're kind of posers when it comes to anger. We have a lot of anger, but we kind of amp it up a little bit. But, you know, <laughs> we, we feel like it's okay to really just be good and angry about some of the things that go on in the world. It's okay to be angry that... Everything in knitting has become this genre thing, pink and fluffy. It's okay to be angry. Like with this issue, we're really pissed off at cancer. And right, right. It should be. And yeah, and I'm, sorry, I'm really sorry to hear about your friend, too. Yeah, I, I, I read your, I was going to say episode, but the latest um, issue of your, yeah, and um, I'm really sorry about your friend, but I think it's really cool what you've done to kind of, you know, kind of say, hey, we're, 
you know, and there's tons of people in the world that are angry at cancer. So um, I don't know if you want to take a moment to, to say anything about your friend, um, because people kind of get an idea, a little bit of a glimpse of, you know, what this person meant to you um, by looking at your website um, that just went up last, last week. Well, see, he was the husband of what we call our Gogok. She's the great omnipotent goddess of knitting. Okay. She's the one that has led us and taught us so much over the past few years in our stitching bitch, and we became really close to her and her husband. And he was diagnosed in December with small cell cancer, and he passed away very quickly, and it just really threw everyone for a loop. And we're mourning for our friend and her husband because they were so, so in love. And it sounds like this is an example, too, of how, um, you know, you can take um, something. It's okay to be angry, as you said. You know, you guys are not afraid to say, hey, we're, we're really angry about this and um, and do something. It, yet it's, it, you turned it into a, a, a nice, you know, tribute for other people out there that might be just as angry at cancer. And so it's, We've gotten a pretty good response from people saying, you know, thank you. I, you know, one one girl wrote and said that her mother had passed away from cancer 12 years ago, and she was still pissed off about it. Yeah. And it, a lot of people have said this is these are my sentiments exactly. Cancer. I don't, you know, I don't understand it. I don't like it. I'm angry. It's unfair. So it's it's really touched a nerve with a lot of people, but in a good way. So we're hoping we were kind of worried that it might be offensive, but actually we're thinking it's it's turning out to be more healing, which is what we intended. So it's been really good. Well, and do you find that the two of you in, um, in your personal lives, have this, this outlet has helped you to just, you know, kind of come up with a creative way of dealing with whatever, you know, garbage comes your way? Have you been able to use art and craft in your own life to just deal? I'm a big uh, art therapy person. I, I like to... I don't want... This is going to sound cheesy. Craft out my angst. But when when something really bothers me, I, I, I like to, you know paint a picture of how I'm feeling or draw something or, you know, make a collage. So I'm, I'm very much the art therapy girl. I just choose to fail at writing. She <laughs> seems to cover it. Renee. <laughs> she writes about it, and uh, then she fails to get published with whatever she's written. But <laughs> but I feel better. Feel well, better. but Renee, Renee, you're, you're, you're trying to pass yourself off as this failing writer, but you're, you're already in a book. I, have, I mean, I was sitting right in here. You're, uh, I mean, it wasn't a, a short story or anything, but you're in Stitch and Bitch here. So that's not complete... Uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to hurt your image as a failing writer oh, for me to bring no. this up. <laughs> I'm really, really proud of that. That's yeah, because page 196, man, with those cool, really cool uh, arm warmers here. But, yeah, um, so, so yeah. practice for when we get our own book because I had to autograph so many, and that was a mortifying experience for me. Oh, yeah? I'm like writing, see you next summer, too cool to be forgotten. Oh, uh, <laughs> did you feel like you're back in high school? Don't ever change. <laughs> <laughs> I know people. Uh, so, so you actually went on the book tour for that? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. No, not so much, really. We, uh, no, you, you actually hated the whole I'm thing. Making that up. I just gave you the look. <laughs> I'm feeling a little grandiose this morning. No, we went up to Cincinnati whenever Deb came around, and we made her let us take her to dinner, and we talked to a couple people at the signing, and it was just, it was really fun, but not really being on the book tour, just me being. It was just kind of glomming on to her book tour kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, day, <laughs> we didn't actually follow her around. We aren't like deadheads. No, no, and it sounds like, um, and Isabelle, did you, uh, have you been published places too? I don't want to just uh, uh, shine the light on Renee here. 
it's just my blog and the anti-craft. I and yeah. uh, a couple of booklets of poetry that I made when my mother was working at Xerox, and I had free access to really, really cool printing machines. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so I always call myself Narcissism Press because I only ever publish me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So do you guys envision at some point turning the Anticraft into a book? Oh, we'd love to, but, yeah. you know, we don't know if that will come along or not because – you know, our focus is so broad. We don't want to limit ourselves to just knitting and, or just anything. We like to do recipes and everything else. And we're not really sure if that's going to have an outlet for a book right now. But, you know, that's, of course, always the goal. Everyone wants to get published. Well, I think the fact that you guys are doing something different, it's not, as you said, you know, a real perky and every everything's very happy and bright because that's not really realistic. I mean, every if you're angry and you want to knit something, you open up. And you see, you can make a little dog sweater with flowers on it. You know, that's not everybody's bag, you know. So you guys are definitely filling in a big gap that's just not being uh, filled by anything else. Um, have you gotten any email from people who are like, you know, you guys just need to be, you know, get over yourselves and be happy? Most people have really gotten it, but there are a few people that are like, these girls are the most angsty goth girls Teenagers, they, a lot of people think we're teenagers. And well, that, I guess that's kind of flattering in a way. Seriously, when <laughs> we're hoping that maybe a little bit of humor is coming across as well. Right, well, I, I kind of run into it. It seems to be um, tongue-in-cheek. Like, I didn't take it at, you know, that they mean every single word they're saying here. Um, um, yeah, that's you know. pretty much how we mean it. And then when we come up with um, a good version of the truth, we like to lie outrageously. <laughs> so uh, we figure, you know, we've got to make it at least entertaining. <laughs> so as, as far as your, your vision for this long term, I mean, is it something you want to continue to publish, you know, try to publish it three, I mean, four times a year and then kind of see what happens from there? Yeah, we want to go at least four times a year for as long as people will put up with us or as long as we can afford the web hosting costs. So if anybody wants to send us some money, that's totally okay. <laughs> you can reach us at wins at the com. We need money. <laughs> well, I noticed you're selling stickers there, and you have a little disclaimer saying, look, people, we're not really making money off this. And I think that's a lot of times people think that if there's a website going on, you know, if you have a website that you're you're rolling in cash and, you know, you're getting tons of money. But it sounds like you are not the type that you guys would not want to take advertising from. You know. no, we're going broke on fake meat and doll parts, <laughs> doll parts. so we, we have no money at all. We're actually running on our own funds at this point. And yeah. that was not an outrageous lie. That's actually the truth. <laughs> now, do you plan – it sounds like because of your, your um, discontent with the materialistic uh, society we live in, you guys are not looking to you know put someone's advertisement on the side um, of your – but do you think at some point you might do that to continue going? We I would, I would like to keep it advertising free for as long as possible. If we ever do take advertisers, we would have to really screen and get people who we believe, we believe in. in. <laughs> but we're going to keep it free as long as we possibly can. And if we can, you know, sell a bunch of stickers and just try to keep afloat like that, then we're going to keep it advertising free as long as humanly possible. Okay. And kind of going back to the um, the point where you know, said people – think you guys are like these really angry, you know, teenage girls. Um, are you guys really goth at all? I think we've all both been goth at points, and we both have goth aspects to our personality. So, you, I mean, are you wearing black right now? Over it. <laughs> well, actually, yes, I am. <laughs> we, are, we are rocking the black this morning. With some and combat boots. Or... In our black pajamas. So. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
But I mean, were you were you considered the goth girls in high school? Oh my God, I never fit into any group in high school. High school was such a nightmare. <laughs> I wore the black clothing and I had the stringy hair and I yelled at people a lot, but that's about as far as I got into it. I've always been an angry girl, but the goths really wouldn't take me. Yeah, yeah. So it's something that you've just kind of embraced for the theme of this publication. It's definitely getting in touch with our, our gothy side, yeah. you know. Do you guys describe this as goth, or do you guys, or is that a label that's been put upon your publication? Actually, it's been put upon because we really went to great lengths to avoid saying goth anywhere. Yeah, because I didn't see it anywhere on your website, but yet when I've heard people describe it, um, whether it be, you know, people, you know, in a, in a you know, I think Bust had something, uh, but you have that on your website, and it's described on there as like a gothy was in there. Gothy nitty. Yeah. <laughs> we get that a lot. Yeah. And really, I think they're going with goth largely because, you know, it is a little darker. And, you know, the goths love us. The punks hate us. You know, a lot of people don't get us. But we're really going, we're the anti-craft. We're kind of anti-everything. So not just goth. So it looks like you're trying to, I, I noticed that you're participating in the uh, Knitting Olympics. Hail Angstalvania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how, what kind of response are you getting? How large is your uh, your team? Have people signed up to participate with you? Yeah, we actually have the unfortunate number of 14. I thought we were going to stop at 13 yesterday, but then we got one more this morning. It was kind of depressing. So, oh, you were, were going to go with 13? <laughs> we're really just hoping for the cool number, but <laughs> it's been great. People have been really liking it, and we just opened it up for crocheters. Yeah, I saw that because they were complaining. The crocheters were complaining, it sounds like. Yeah, the crocheters, they complained to us a lot about not having a lot of crochet patterns, but they really like need to pick up their hooks and string and make something for us because we're not crocheters by nature. I see. We know how, but the crocheters need to mobilize. We yeah. would be more than happy to include them. We're just not skilled enough to say so <laughs> mobilize crocheters. So as far as you, you, the, you, you want to keep this broad, it sounds like you, you don't want it to just be knitting, crocheting. Um, you, I mean, you have a recipe in, in this issue. How broad do you want to get? Everything from pottery to, you know, mosaics? You can write a tutorial that doesn't suck. <laughs> crafty. We'll print it. All right. If we like it. If we like it. Yeah. <laughs> we have full monarchy control over this. <laughs> and going back to that meeting you had with your Stitch and Bitch group when the discussion came up back in 2003 to, you know, to do something about all this perky crafting that was going on, um, was there one, like, incident or pattern or something that really – just said, okay, we've had enough. We have to do something. You know, I really don't think there was any specific thing. I mean, I have a vintage book of animal knits, and there's an ostrich sweater, and I know that that was near the last straw for me, but I don't <laughs> really think there was anything contemporary that really screamed out at us, okay, quit it. Is there something you find most annoying about some of these crafters out there that are, you know, doing all the happy you know, sweaters with dogs on them and stuff like that. You know, the thing is, is that if that's their thing, that's great, but it's not our thing, and nobody's publishing anything that is our thing, you know? So we're we're trying to find all the other people who are like-minded and saying this is not our thing and go, look, something for you. Really, you're not alone. You're not alone <laughs> out there. Not everybody wants intarsia puppies. Not everybody wants to do something in, you know, pink and purple not everybody thinks that funky is necessarily a good adjective, you know. So we're we're trying to to we're trying to add to what's going on. We're not trying to take away from what's going on. What types of projects are you guys working on right now? 
now Elizabeth is making envelopes while sitting in the floor so we can send out these stickers. Four people have bought stickers. We love you. Uh. <laughs> I've got a couple more arm warmer projects in the works because I am the arm warmer queen. Really trying to keep it open to submissions right now. We're kind of a little burnt out and would like we'd like to see other what other people have to offer. You test out every pattern, right, that people send? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just look to see if there's any obvious problems. And consider them for publication. Yeah. <laughs> and we sometimes offer suggestions like don't send your finished picture by drawing it in MS Paint. Uh. <laughs> so have you, have you gotten a lot of submissions, or is it hard at first to get in touch with some of the people that are like-minded and you know, get the word out that you're looking for ideas? It's hard to to do it, and we're also not naturally um, marketing inclined. We're not good at going, hey, we're so cool, come get our cool stuff, join in our cool thing. <laughs> so we actually wrangled in one of our other Stitch and Bitch friends who is uh, really great at going, these girls are cool, you want to submit. So she's out there, like, posting things on board, going, hey, the Anticraft is having a, a, the next issue is coming up, and this is when the deadline is. <laughs> so we've, we've had to pass it on to her because we're just not, we get uncomfortable with that because, you know, it seems like a stupid thing to do. <laughs> cool. Give us stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, something you guys like would make fun. <laughs> some of the, the bitter people, they really don't care about <laughs> lots of world fame, so they might not submit it. I've seen some really cool things out there that I would love to see included in the issue, but these people just don't necessarily care about being seen on a website. They're just doing their own thing, but we're hoping that we'll be so cool they can't wait to submit something. So you have to kind of crack through some... opportunity for that. You kind of have to crack through the apathy first to get... Yeah, <laughs> to get, exactly. To get them to... Um, well, it sounds like a lot of people, you know, you want to go on the web and find a, some cool free patterns... And, uh, you know, people might be kind of demanding, saying, hey, I hope they come up with some more patterns for next issue, but not really looking to submit them. You know? <laughs> like they're just expecting yeah, them to, a lot. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just expecting you guys to uh, just kind of, you know, cook up all these patterns. But you have lives. You have to, you know, continue living <laughs> besides putting your publication together. So Yeah, the cats get real upset if I don't feed them. Yeah. <laughs> the kid doesn't care so much. He'll scavenge. <laughs> So do you, do you plan to um, branch out to um, include, like, I don't know if, if you have any, uh, you know any men who knit, any apathetic goth men? Yeah, two fabulous guys who knit, but yeah. they're both incredibly busy, so we're not really getting much out of them right now. Yeah. Actually, one of the men in our knitting group is the one that modeled the Kersher Boyfriend sweater. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's, that's one of our cute little boys that knit. Now, for, as far as the photography goes, who takes all the pictures? For your That's website. me. It's the bed. Yeah? She, uh, she. Listen, I don't know. I'm turning into Bob Doyle. <laughs> 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 the bet she takes all the pictures. The bet she likes the photography. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really early for me. I'm sorry. Well, as long as you just don't go George Bush on us, we'll be all right, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a nightmare. <laughs> so are you getting um, hits from all over the place? I mean, how, how popular is your site right now? Actually, we are getting hits from everywhere. We've gotten hits, of course, all over the United States, all over Canada. Um, we're in, let's see, people in uh, Australia, New Zealand, uh, people in Finland, Great Britain, Germany. France, Spain, Germany. Japan. Um, we, oh, Japan and Saudi Arabia. Wow. 
one hit that I saw from Saudi Arabia, I was very kind of scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they might have a lot of anger over there. They need to get out, yeah, you know. Exactly. Through. I didn't want to stoke anybody's anger. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's global anger <laughs> out there. But, um, I mean, I think it, it's, it's very proactive for people to, you know, get angry. I mean, you can set fire to something or you can, you know, make, um, you know, some skull and crossbones wrist warmers, you know. Oh, um, I'm not encouraging anyone set fire <laughs> to anything. No, plus yeah, they'd burn up all their yarn. And not to us if you set fire to something. Yeah. Put yeah. on our legal disclaimer page. <laughs> Please do not set fire to anything in our name. Thank you. <laughs> so Elizabeth and Renee effigies. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> How has this project changed your life? Um, we're we've, busier. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> we have a lot less free time. Um, I met some new friends. <laughs> yeah, we've, people who have commented. Yeah. Lots of cool people online, and we, we like to pretend that we're famous now, but really not so much. So really, just we're we're very busy now. We're yeah. How much time would you say you, you spend to put an issue out? Because I think a lot of people have just no idea what goes into putting together a publication like this. Assuming that we didn't do all the patterns ourselves, which we have done the past two issues and hopefully won't be doing anymore. Oh, God, hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I mean, just... I mean, are you guys working on this it's almost every day? A week leading up to the issue, we're working about six to seven hours a day just on that week. And if we're designing everything, you're talking months of our time just where our husbands and our children and cats just don't see us. And it sounds, do you guys feel that it's worth it? I don't think we would have done a second issue if we hadn't been really yeah. pleased. Mm -hmm. The day before each issue comes out, we think, oh, okay, this is it. Never again. This is horrible. But most of the time, it's great. I mean, we're having a lot of fun. And so for the people out there that are listening and like your publication and want to see, you know, a third, a big, fat third issue with tons of patterns, what do you want them to be thinking about? Because I think that what I'm hoping that can help you do is kind of prompt people to sit down and you know, write down their pattern that they want to share and, and help you guys get this thing rolling. Um. Okay, the next issue is the Beltane issue. And the uh, deadline for submissions is March 15th, and it's going to be published on May 1st. And we would probably still consider late submissions, seeing as how we haven't gotten an entire plethora of submissions just yet. But um, it's going to be kind of garden-themed. We, we really sort of meant the in-bulk issue to be more springy, but then we were completely colored by the, the, the circumstances surrounding it, so we, we sort of went a little retrospective into winter. Um, and also where we live, February is one of the grayest, coldest months of the year. So it's really, really snowy and nasty outside. So we ended up going back to winter, even though we had intended for spring. But for Beltane, we want more of a summer garden, outdoors kind of thing, but, you know, with a twist. Kind of a gothy, gothy, how does your garden grow sort of thing going on. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe like weeds or something? Or <laughs> um, and What do you mean by that? For people who don't know... Well, oh, here, okay, I'll, I'll give up some information. I am going to do a project for Beltane Issue that's called How, do you, how Does Your Garden Grow? And it is going to be a planter with uh, baby parts sticking up out of it. Fake baby parts. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Fake baby parts sticking up out of it and, you know, flowers. And it's just going to be a cute little, you know, decoration for your deck. So. Okay. That will stop people in their tracks. Exactly. Okay. Like, oh, look, flowers. Oh, and 
depends. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course, recipes, and we've got a couple cool onk related projects that are going to go up at that point, too. But we're, we've mostly got a lot of free space for anybody who wants to have something kind of garden-themed to go into the issue. Now, do you guys want to take submissions for um, people who want to write something or people want to um, – I mean, you're open to recipes, patterns, patterns oh, for definitely. knitting. Oh, yes. So anything – Don't stress that anymore. <laughs> yeah, articles. I would, I would love to see a lot more articles. Because, frankly, they're so much easier for me to tech edit than a pattern. <laughs> right. You read it, punctuation, spelling, all that. Um, and can you also explain just the themes for people who might – these are are these Celtic themes that you're using for your for your for each season? Is that how you're coming up with the um, names of your each issue? We've just come up we, – we're just decided to use um, – you know, everybody uses winter, spring, summer, fall. Sure. We decided to use the, uh, the current Wiccan names for the – for the um, holidays that occur at that time, and they're largely based on a lot of the Celtic names um, for for the holidays at that time. Even though neither of us are Wiccan, it's kind of funny. I just like the names. Yeah. And how have you have you been embraced by the Wiccan community since they? Oh, uh, the Wiccans love us. They, yeah, they think we're great. But you know, I think <laughs> the Wiccans kind of love everybody, really. Yeah, it's their vibe to love everybody. <laughs> but you know, the Wiccans aren't the only pagans out there. So hello to the other pagans. <laughs> Now, do you guys consider yourselves pagans? I would say that I am pagan. This is a bit. Okay. I'm more of an agnostic, really, myself. Okay. But I you, like to be undecided as well as failing. But it sounds like if there's a, a, a an angry Christian out there, you're you're willing to uh, to uh, welcome them into the um, the anger zone here um, <laughs> for patterns. Faith, bitterness, organization. It, right. <laughs> Are there any other art mediums that you're looking to tap into? I like to see intensely complicated things because to tech edit some of this stuff, I get to learn new skills. Mm -hmm. So if somebody wants to do something with metal working or glass working so that I get to play with fire, I'm all about that. <laughs> oh, I'd just be happy to see submissions at this point. <laughs> um, I, I mean, everything is I, – I love all aspects of art, so anything arty, I'm all about it. So bring it on, anything. Because a lot of people might be stumped by the whole, okay, I'm not goth, and I'm not maybe particularly, like, in a rage right now. Can I write a pattern for this publication? And it sounds like, I mean, yeah, you, hell yeah, you know, people can do that. You know, it's just they have to have the right frame of mind and, and not be intimidated by the whole dark atmosphere. Um, but what advice do you have for someone who's, who's sitting there and thinking, geez, I'd really like to write something, but I'm not quite sure you know, if I'm on the right track. Should they email you first and say what their idea is? Um, it's certainly Aquarius. That, that's perfectly acceptable. If you want, We've had a couple people do that, and we've loved what they've sent us, and we've asked them to work something up for us. I mean, if you, if you have a question about what you want to work up, definitely go for it. And when it comes, I mean, you don't have to be angry or goth or any of that stuff to submit. Just, you know, try yelling your piece out loud and see if maybe you can take <laughs> out some of the happy words and it'll be okay. <laughs> And do you help people with, um, will you be able to help people if, they, if they're not pattern writers, they have a lot of experience with that, but they have a, a cool project and they can at least get down the gist of it where you are able to, to recreate what they did? Well, it really depends. If I have to write the whole thing, I'm probably going to ask that they learn a little bit more and then get back with us because, I'm, like I said, I'm very busy. If it's an idea that I really believe in, I'll do whatever I can to help the person because I know that it's hard when you start writing patterns to do that because I started at one point myself. And how long have you been writing patterns? Uh, pretty much since I started knitting. I've been knitting for about mm, 
seven years now, and I instantly didn't like anything out there and started making my own stuff. But <laughs> it's hard there in the beginning, and I could come up with the idea, but then I couldn't write it down so someone could reproduce it. So that that does take a little bit of practice that's not really part of the talent. That's more the craft, and you can work on the craft. Are there resources you can refer people to if they're looking to start writing patterns? What helped you to figure out how to do it? It's kind of like when you're writing, you have to read a lot. They just need to read a lot of other patterns. Just learn the language. Really learn the language. There's a few books on designing knitwear. I don't know about other things, but really having other people read it over to see if they can reproduce it, reading a lot of similar patterns to see how they say it, that's really about the only way. It's, it's, there's no college courses in it that I know of. And if, if both of you could kind of share how you got into crafting. Well, uh, my mother was an artist. And this and is uh, Renee or Zabette right now? Oh, this is Zabette. Okay, sorry. okay, that's okay. Uh, my mother was an artist, and she did a lot of stained glass. Um, she, she, did a, she did everything, anything she could get her hands on to do, she did. She did the macrame in the 70s. She did soft sculpture dolls, um, a la Xavier Roberts dolls. Um, she she just did everything and never told me that I couldn't do anything. You know, if I said, ooh, I want to do this too, she always let me try. Uh, so I've always approached every craft with an I can do this attitude. And sometimes I do stuff and I think, you know, that okay, I like my finished product, but the, the process wasn't so fun, so I'm not really going to do that much anymore, mm-hmm. which is how I feel about sewing. I don't really enjoy the process of sewing, even though I can successfully do it. So I just pretty much go, you know what I want to do, something kind of like, and yeah, what would I need for that, and just, you know, run into it head on. Well, that's cool. This is Renee. Really, I started in on crafting whenever I was a teenager, because my entire life I've pretty much tried to do what isn't popular, so I started knitting because nobody else was really doing it in my area, and then it broke my heart when it got so popular. So then I had to, of course, switch that up and do a bunch of other different things. So I've always just kind of done it to be anti-bandwagon. And it just turns out that I love it, and it gives me an outlet. Is that your favorite? It sounds like you're in other crafts as well, but is knitting your favorite? Um, Right now, it it goes through phases. I go through phases where all I want to do is quilt or sew garments, and then I'll go through a phase where all I want to do is make mosaics because I get to break stuff, you know. <laughs> but right now, it's, it, it's still really the knitting and the knitting Olympics and all that, so. And so are you thinking that, um, how, what do you, th- I mean, because it was interesting what you said about, you know, it wasn't real popular when you got started, and I know personally I've been, I learned to crochet when I was five, and I started knitting in my early 20s, and um, but everyone wasn't knitting like they are now. What do you think about this trend? I mean, how long do you think this is going to last? Well, you know, it's always ebbed and flowed. For over a century, you can go back and look at things and see where it's flowing in and out of style. But I think that we're kind of still on the upslope with the knitting. I think that it can go a little further, and then, of course, it'll phase down, and it'll probably be crocheting or maybe even macrame. Who knows? That could come back. Oh, yay. <laughs> I, you know, I really need a macrame owl hanging planter, so I'm really hoping that comes back because I don't know how to macrame. You know, my mom actually did make one of those. Oh. Yeah. Well, maybe you guys can re- redo the pattern and for your next issue and get people started on macrame. How likely do you think that is? Oh, boy. 
<laughs> how likely would they have said it 10 years ago that yeah. knitting was going to be all the thing? It's really yeah, that's true. Really predict it. That's true. Well, I have a new purpose in life now. I'm bringing back macrame. You're gonna <laughs> I gotta be known for something. I want to be the Debbie Stoller of the macrame. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you have to call it a hip litigation, hopefully. <laughs> what I would really like to see come next would be like some intricate lace work. Like I'd love to see tatting or needle lace come back because I don't know how to do it and it just looks so cool and so hard and Well it looks like it takes forever to do. Like I've looked at it and I've thought about trying it a couple times and just never I thought, No, I really just can't do that. Um my attention span, um well it's my time. I don't have that kind of time, but um yeah, maybe hey, if someone uh Send you guys a, a tatting pattern. It would be awesome. Yeah. Tatters Especially, of the world. Send us something. If you could work skulls into the motif somehow, that would just be really cool. A tatted skull, like, doily or something. Exactly. Here, have some tea. Oh, look, little skulls. <laughs> That'd be a, kind of a chilling tea party to go to um, when you notice that, you know, there's skulls all over Wow. I like that sort of juxtaposition. I like it when you take something that is, you know, a, a very traditional item that you think of, like the lace doily, and you think of, you know, grandmothers and, and, and China sets and, uh, you know, maybe not grandmothers today because grandmothers today are way more hip, but grandmothers from 50 or, or 70 years ago and everything's very proper and then it's skulls. Well, and just imagine what crafting at the senior center is going to be like when we're old ladies. You know, there's going to be guys playing PlayStation or... Bikinis everywhere. Yeah, and, you know, guys playing video games or whatever, you know, is going on in, you know, 70 years. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the ladies are knitting um, <laughs> at that time, you know. Um, well, Renee, I read it here in uh, my copy of uh, Stitch and Bitch Nation that you you wanted to, your goal at the time was to have a, a really, um, see, I think you said something about a yarn shop within 10 years. Is that something that you still want to do? You know, it's kind of morphed the more I think about it. Uh, it is my intention to eventually own a business of my own, but it's morphed to where it's not so much a yarn store kind of following the anti-craft line. I want to do an entire crafting cafe where it can lightly hit upon all kinds of things and floors that can be messed up with paint and places to break stuff and utility gloves to wear and just all kinds of great things like that and then a good cup of coffee and a grilled cheese sandwich. Well, how do you guys feel about knitting shops? Area, the knitting shops are not so great, but we've been to ones that have been just fabulous and open and welcoming. I don't like whenever they put knit in the name of the shop because it goes against the crocheters and weavers out there that might want to play. Mm -hmm. But, you know, otherwise it's just such a fun place to go in and touch all the balls of yarn and giggle. Have you guys had any experiences where you go in or met with uh, pretension uh, by, the, by the shop owner or... Oh. We actually need to recreate that story on the blog from our live journal. But, yes, we've had one of our Stitch and Bitch members, that she went in and she mentioned our website and was let out of the building. What? By the elbow. You, you yeah. need to leave now. You're finished. Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. We're not real popular with the uh, the local pre-established crafters, I don't think. <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Because, I mean, you're not doing anything threatening. I don't, I mean, I didn't perceive it that way. They've just sort of had a problem with us since the beginning. I know when I first started frequenting some of the local yarn shops, they would follow me around really closely, and I finally realized they think I'm going to steal something. And they've just always kind of had a problem with us since then. They've had a problem with the term stitch and bitch. They really didn't like us throwing that term around too much, and now that we've got this thing that's very anti-traditional crafting, they just really want nothing to do with us at all. And when it gets brought up, they get a little bristly. I was in, take, taking a weaving class, and 
the whole time. I went there for relax, relaxation to kind of like, you know, weave away the stresses of my day job and everything. And um, the instructor would go on and on. She was a shop owner about how, you know, young people were coming into the store and shoplifting. And I was in the early, my early 20s at the time. And, I mean, one time I was just so, like, felt, feeling so guilty by the end of this, you know, lesson that I was like, would you like to inspect my knitting bag here to make sure I'm not, like, cleaning you out? So it sounds like, Renee, your your idea is to envision a place that's welcoming to everyone and it's not just knitting. Yeah, that just really follows along my personality lines because my interest in knitting is going to wane at some point and then it will come back later. But during that time, I'd like to be able to pick up a paintbrush in my own business and throw some paint up on the wall without having to worry about losing my security deposit. Yeah. Well, how close are you, do you think, to um, actually going forward with your own business? Well, my son is three years old right now, and I would like him to be a little bit further into school. So I'm thinking probably eight to ten years. Okay. Well, there's something that we haven't covered. Um, as you know, as married women, we all have in, you know, uh, men in our life who, um, you know, have to deal with the crafts and all the craft supplies. And so, how do you guys uh, work that out with your husbands? Are they pretty supportive of of all the supplies and everything? You know, spending money on craft supplies and all that. My husband really just wants me to be happy yeah. because I'm a bitch to live with otherwise. <laughs> he's, he's very supportive, and he thinks what I do is interesting. The most of the time he doesn't understand it, and quite often he gives me the look when I tell him that I'm going to do something that is just the, what the hell are you talking about, woman, look. <laughs> and But, you know, he never interferes. He never tells me, uh, you can't do that. Um, <laughs> Plus, it tell, I don't think if he told you that you can't do that. Yeah, you wouldn't be married to a guy probably if he told you you can't do that. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> not only would we not be married, we'd own really good shovels. <laughs> you guys pretty uh, upfront with with the guys about how much is being spent on the supplies and all that good stuff. Oh, we're totally upfront. We never sneak anything yeah. in ever. That same thing. Uh, if we had to sneak and then we'd be married to the wrong people. Right, my right. Husband, this is Renee, by the way. Uh, my husband actually, the other day I wrapped him into helping me make a mosaic, and he did such a better job than I would ever do, so I think I'm right on the verge of making him be a crafter as well. Yeah. And, Yvette, does your husband do any crafts? Do my husband? Yeah. Um, no, he's really just a computer geek. So, yeah, I'm married uh, to one of those, too. Yeah. <laughs> so. Which works out really well, because the kind of geek he is, he is the back-end hardware, you know, set your computer up, install it, you know, run it sort of geek, whereas I'm the, oh, let's make it pretty using all these programs kind of geek. So we, we complement each other really, really well. Well, and it <laughs> sounds like, go ahead, go ahead. He designed the cover for the in-bulk issue, so he's a fabulous artist. He is. He'll have a website soon, and at which point we'll mention it on the anti-craft extensively because he's just amazing. Well, that's cool. Well, so it sounds what like this having your own website if you can't, you know, give shameless promotion to your own husband. Sure, sure. Well, I know I wouldn't have a website at all if it wasn't for my husband because I wouldn't be able to put all this stuff together. So, because I'm really, I, I specialize in fiber and words and talking, um, <laughs> not anything uh, with a computer. So I don't know if there's any anything we haven't covered at this point that you guys want to talk about, whether it be about your publication or just about your own lives, your own philosophy on this art and craft uh, revolution that's underway now. I think we're pretty excited that there is a revolution going on, and if, if we can be a part of it, that's 
great if it really just turns up out to be the two of us entertaining ourselves mightily, putting the site up. That's great, too, because we're entertained while we're doing it. <laughs> we're very full of ourselves. And do you have any thoughts on, um, obviously, you know, I kind of got into this with you know, naming my site Craft Sanity. Um, it, what do you guys think about, you know, the whole, you know, maintaining, uh, you know, sanity when you're doing your art or your craft? I really, I, like I said, I'm into the art therapy. So, yeah, it definitely helps me with my sanity. I'm all about that. I don't really have any sanity left to maintain. <laughs> the drugs barely keep me on normal. <laughs> you can tell Renee's more interesting of the two of us. <laughs> well, I think you both are really fabulous people. I think that it's really cool that what you're offering um, on the on the Internet because I think, you know, as you said, you know, there's a lot of, you know, frilly stuff out there, girly stuff, and to have an alternative to that um, – is is good to see, and I'm sure you know by this time next year, you'll just be twice as big. Probably wouldn't be able to get an interview you, uh, with you guys next year. You know, you'll be just booked solid, right? Um, at least we the, can hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely keep me posted. Um, so if, when the book deal comes around, you know, I'll have you guys back. We'll talk about your book, and uh, <laughs> in the meantime, I'll have to see. We'll if have I have a special project for you within the next couple days that you can put up on your site. Yeah, that'd be cool. Can you can I get a preview? What are we going to be? Uh, looking at here it's kind of a valentine's themed thing okay <laughs> perfect yeah it's it's going to be great right for the season and is I it going to give too much away is it going to make is it going to make those folks that may not be um uh, engaged to someone this holiday um give them something to uh is going to be appealing to the single folks out there it's probably better for the single folks. Okay, actually. yeah, that's yeah, what... I would say it's actually geared towards them that's okay that's great because i think a lot of people get just they want to barf with all the hallmark you know, exactly. uh, stuff going on. Yeah. So, well, I'll look forward to seeing that. Um, um, any final thoughts um, that you'd like to share with? I'd like to say that to every single person who has written to us saying, thank you, we love you, uh, thank you for reading, and we love you right back. So. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, thank you, ladies, for your time today. I really appreciate it. All right, great. thank you. Thanks, thanks. thanks a lot. So there you have it. It's okay to be angry. You just have to be smart about it. Instead of getting, you know, breaking a chair over someone's head, Pick up your craft supplies. Do something that won't get you arrested. Make something fantastic. And then write up the instructions and send them along to Renee and Zabette. And who knows? Maybe your anger will be enough to catapult you into their next issue of the Anti-Craft. So whoever it is that irritates you might actually be pushing you toward the publication of one of your patterns. You win in the end when you create something cool on your angriest day. So thanks again to Renee and Zabette for chatting with us today. They are going to be sending along a Valentine's Day pattern that will be posted on craftsanity.com. So check that out. And you'll also find links to the anti-craft and um, links to their submission guidelines. Have a great week. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit craftsanity.com for more information about today's guest and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email jennifer at craftsanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.